Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways Podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Blood Moon Rising. I'm your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and we have a bouquet of delights in store for you this evening. But before we do that, let's get to some introductions. So, to my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I'll be playing Marcus from Clan Bruja. Indeed. To Marcus's right. Hi, this is John, and I'll be playing Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere. And at the end of the table... Hi, this is Tegan Gilbert, and I am playing Rom the Shaman of Clan Malkavia. Indeed. And to Rom's right, we have... Hi, this is Allie, and I play Katerina Bogdanovich, and I need to eat something. You really do. Most of you do, in fact. And normally I'd say last but not least, but we have some surprises this evening. So for now, I'll just say to Katerina's right. This is Tiffany, and I play Alex Giovanni of Clan Hakata. And uh, next to our Hakata this evening, we have... Uh, yes, hello, I'm Scott Dorwood, and I shall be playing everyone's friend, William Mallet of Clan Ventru. Oh, this is going to go so wonderfully. Such a friendly evening. And finally, we have... Hello, hello, my name is Bridget Jeffries, and your prince is back. So we are going to pick up for this evening on the, well, it's about halfway through the night as we have our coterie assembled at the bungalow of one Vincent Markovich. Um, so Vince, you already had Alex, Rom, and their um, humans with them uh, in your basement along with all of the corpses that you still have not disposed of. I've been busy. There's now five of them. Yeah, you've been busy. Had to stack them up against the wall because you just don't have time to deal with them. Actually, there's six after last the last events, so because there was still the one in the hallway you hadn't disposed of. So you've now piled them up uh, against the wall, and you can set up for your healing ritual. Hopefully this will work. And as you're getting everything set up, uh, you hear Marcus and Katarina arriving, and Katarina also has a human who is, I'm assuming this one's unconscious, Marcus. No, no, why would they be, um, why would they be unconscious? That's not necessary. We'll just simply entice them. We're two, um, well, you know, um, two randy vampires. We'll just have them get in the car that way. There's a, there's an awful lot of presence between the two of us, and so we'll just make sure that they come Politely and quietly, but yet um, fondly. So 
Marcus and Katarina walk in with a giggling 20-something blonde between them uh, who is looking around at the bungalow going, what a nice place you got here. A little creepy. Kind of atmospheric, though. I like it. Wait, why are we going in the basement? Oh, that's where the party is. Okay. I mean, I've seen weirder shit. And then the door opens to the, well, used to be a surgery, now a murder basement. So uh, the young woman looks at the bodies and the smell of death that's coming out of the room. She looks at the surgical table set up in the middle of the room, sees Vince, who is setting up a ritual circle, and uh, sees a couple of passed out humans. And she starts backing up. Uh, if you don't mind, I think uh, I think I've got another place to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's it's perfectly okay. It's perfect. It's just a. It's a. It's just a. It's just leftovers from Halloween. You'll be perfectly fine. Leftovers. Leftovers, my dear. And. I'm going to lean forward uh, fairly quickly, and uh, I'm going to just with given the the natural uh, strength. Um, Keep her, keep her in place and give her just the slightest bite on the neck and um, make sure that she really enjoys everything in that bite with the, um, the presence power I have for it. So we'll, uh, we'll lean in and really give her the thrill of, well, likely the last thrill of her lifetime. Uh, you lean in and she feels your fangs seeking, sinking into her throat and she says, Hey! Ah. Oh. Uh-huh. And she starts sliding off into that absolutely orgasmic, blissful state uh, that you are able to give with your bite. And so you can get her into the room. So, right. Vince, are you planning to heal all three of them at the same time? Um, yeah. Okay. It is going to take a lot out of you. It's going to take a lot. However, I realized I have one dose of Elder Tremere blood. <laughs> you do. And I'm hoping that'll help me along. That's true. It should help. Alright, so Vince sets everything up. He's figured out what to do after his ritual uh, before and uh, his time looking through Karen's journals, Phoebe's journals, all of that. And so the circle is set up as it was the night before, but it's been cleaned. And you set out these three humans in the circle. And so Vince, essentially, you have to fill three glasses, full glasses of your Vitae. And probably cutting your palm and dripping into it this time is not going to be super useful. So you might want to think of a faster way to do that. Yeah, Vince is, um, while (laughs) while the sorcerer in him thought that was a very cool thing to do. The nurse in him is like, that was very impractical. Um, <laughs> so Vince Just a little sets, bit. Yeah, right? I mean, it looked cool when someone came in and I was dripping blood from my fist into a glass. However, <laughs> it's uh, not the most effective way to do this. So um, he's gotten all the stuff. Uh, I, for everyone else's reference, Karen's skull is still on top of a filing cabinet. <laughs> yeah, he sets up an IV line into his arm. He finds the vein easily. And he just... Uh, measures out three goes of it. Three glasses. All right. 
So you have three bags, essentially, three IV bags set up. The humans are unconscious, laid out in the circle. Karen's skull is staring at you malevolently. You you can still, every time you glance at it, you still see a bit of the melty sort of flesh. But you shake it off now that you've slept and you're not dreaming anymore. The humans are unconscious, mercifully for them. You can set up the IV, one for each of them. Um, you're essentially filtering their blood out on one arm, and you are filtering your own Vitae through their body with the other. So while you're filling your bags with your own blood, you are filtering their blood out. And so this is essentially almost killing them, but not quite, because as their blood leaves, your blood is coming in. And you are filtering your Vitae, your purified Vitae, through their systems to clean it as you recite this ritual spell. It's not very long, and it should be fairly easy to teach to someone else, especially another sorcerer. But it, do, it, it does feel a bit tiring because you've just taken out three pints, essentially, of your own Vitae. And you are feeling a little woozy as you recite this spell with all the others watching you. And it does take time, right, to do this, this filtration process. But once the last of the blood has cycled through... That you can feel through your chant and through through the touching them and feeling their veins. You think it's the right time. And now you know the last thing that you need them to do is they need to drain these bodies, one each. Because it's not going to work unless they're drained completely dry. Yeah, and uh, leaning against the counter <laughs> for the drawers of surgical gear, he's just like, you all look pretty hungry, so... Uh... Go nuts. They're yours. You won't feel the effects of the medicine until tomorrow, but there's nothing I can do about that. You will sleep tonight. You will not dream. So please, take your medicine. I totally chow down. Yeah. I I just, yep. I forget that I'm not supposed to chew. Rom is literally chowing down. Well... Rom is, is a bit manic anyway, and Rom, this entire time, you've seen your sire just standing disapprovingly in the corner, occasionally with maggots crawling out of his ears, down his very expensive suit. And he seems to be muttering something to you as you feed. He's muttering something about his latest NFT business, which was what he was talking about the last time you actually saw him in person. But you're ignoring him as you just feed and feed and feed. And same for you, Alex and Katerina, you just chow down. And it doesn't take you very long in your starving state to drain these these bodies. You don't feel any less hungry. You don't feel any less tired. But you do feel cooler. You were starting to feel that slight heat, almost of a fever from the dreams and having not slept for two nights but you feel something slightly different in your blood as as you drain these bodies and you think tomorrow will be better but you're still hungry and you're still tired and you're still a little bit on the crazed side and as you are finishing up your meals and adding three more bodies to the pile. Now we've got nine bodies in Vince's basement. 
proper serial killer dungeon in here, just like mom. She would be so proud. All of you get a text on your cell phones. I'll look at it like real, like disgusted. Like, how dare somebody text me? Everybody's here. (laughs) I would like to make the point that I don't have my cell phone because I threw it. Yeah, you did. You threw it at the melting wall. So the rest of you do. Well, three of you do. Katarina, you don't. But Marcus, Alex, and Vince, you get a a message on your phones from someone you have reason to know. And uh, Scott, what does that message say? You are invited to a meeting with William Mallet at the Opticon offices at your earliest convenience. Hmm. I didn't think he was going to call this in that quickly. I'm going to be honest. Wait, what do you mean you didn't know he was? What did you do? Oh, to uh, to cure myself, I needed eight human lives. And, um, well, I didn't know how to get eight humans. I've never hunted. And, uh... You thought he was a person to owe a favor to? But, well, well, Alex, it was... I was in a tight spot. And I figured, if I don't succeed in this anyway, I'm going to die. And um, I could have gotten eight people. Marcus and I could have gotten eight people. Got ten, and it was really efficient. The, the delivery speed was excellent. The service was impeccable. Now, I don't think the price is going to so be worth it, but... what are we going to owe him? Oh, no, no. I'm the one that owes him. That's fine. Then why are we all getting called in? Oh, who knows? He's a ventrue. <laughs> So, do you think we should go tonight or tomorrow? I think tomorrow. But I also don't want to be dead by other means. Do you feel up to going? I mean, he he looks at Alex wearing the same suit two days in a row. And no ascot. (laughs) And real angry. Mm Mm-hmm. But less, you know, less um, corpsey looking. So there's that. I mean, like, we've got to, uh, we've got to, like, we shouldn't go like this. This is not the right way to go. Yeah, you want to take Rom? Think Rom's in a great shape to go? Rom's got blood all over his face and all over his tank top, and he's picking a fingernail out of his teeth because he got a little carried away. This is not the best time to go. And we all know this. Perhaps it would be best for you, Vince, to let him know that most of your coterie would not be able to absorb the information appropriately. Yeah, I, um, I'm not going to lie, guys. As your uh, current consulting medical professional, I don't think you're up to it. I'll deliver the message. It'll be okay. That's like Rom. It's it's like Rom telling us it's going to be okay. I got to tell you, I I think it's laughable that you think that any of that is actually going to work. I never said I think it's going to work. I'm just telling myself (laughs) that to get through this. (laughs) Uh, And uh, just for your information, Vince, I have a PPO, so we're good. Appreciate it, though. Oh. (laughs) So, yeah, Union Healthcare, that's that's part of the package, right? So, listen, I. I'd like to get the whole mallet thing over with. 
I really don't like the idea of it hanging over our heads for another night. I realize you're all in a terrible spot. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's totally convenient for you to go since, you know, you don't have an issue. So if you want to go meet with him, that's fine. I mean, I think it'll just go swimmingly if all of us go right now. Well, it's, it's not. He said early is convenient, yeah? Yes. And how is it convenient for all of us who are in this bad state to go? It's not. I'm not saying you should go. I'm saying that excuses likely will not work, as they are not likely to work with most elders. And we're in a bad state as a coterie because of a lot of choices. And that's not a me against you thing, Alex. It's not an infected versus clean thing. So don't think of it like that. Mm -hmm. I think we all want the same thing in regards to William. At least I think. For him to get the fuck out of town? Peace. I nod slowly. He may not choose to do that, but... No, I don't think he is. I think he's got other things to do. Hopefully we're lowest on the totem pole. Well, shit rolls downhill, right? Yeah, it's true. So, if we had an hour or two to clean up and gather ourselves, do you think you could still make it this evening? Yeah, yeah. Then let's make William Mallet wait. He's got all the time in the world. He does. He has an eternity. Maybe. Although I do find it funny. I find it funny that um, William's, given his age, is not somewhere dry and sandy, given what's happened with most of the elders. I find that a little strange. Maybe it's a good question to ask. You can be the one that asks him. I'm not going to... Raise my head above the parapet too much. I have a feeling it has more to do with opportunity than anything. Are you all just making decisions? Like, are we... Is that what's going on? You're just deciding we're going? Or... I... Uh... Rom, what's wrong? Rom, I will get you a suit. And... We're you going can tonight. Just, yeah, Alex. You, you can... I know, I know, but we can't have some of us show up and others not, as I look at Katerina. (laughs) But this is not a crisis. This is not an emergency around in this space right now. I don't think he cares. So (sighs) best bet is for all of us to go and shut the fuck up and see what he wants. Precisely. Alice couldn't be more right. And you're okay with this, Marcus. This is your idea. Of course he's okay. He's in the right mind. He's totally fine. Well, then it sounds like you don't agree, Alex. But here's the deal. This is not parliament. We're not trying to make some sort of combined decision. Just tell the man. Just text him back. Just tell him. Doesn't, Doesn't everyone know there's a crisis in this town? Yes, yes. In fact, I guarantee that's likely what this is about. Yeah. Well, then and... give him give him the good news and then say that we need a moment to get our shit and together. Is that he not... doesn't care? That's the problem. Yes. And, and furthermore, if we're going to tell him the good news, we'd want to deliver it in person directly 
through no filter. Uh, fuck. And aren't you, you're, you're Ram the Shaman. Where is your control? You're more like a Bruja than I am. Are you, are you, are you, duh. Uh, I'm like pacing in front of Marcus at this point. I'm like, I'm just like hands out, pointing at the piles of bodies. Hands out, one of them is chewed. Hands out, pointing at the blood and the magic rituals. And I'm like, do you, duh, sure. You know, fuck it. We're going to go tonight. We're going to go. Rum, Rum. Tonight. Do you need me to calm you down again? Eh? No, I'm just going to walk over and like pick up Rom and put him over my shoulder like a little kid throwing a tantrum. And I'm going to go put him in the car and see if I have a suit or something in the trunk and throw baby wipes at him. Is anyone texting the hammer? Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll advise uh, or, or Vince can. That's fine. That's perfect. I, Vince just like, Marcus, I think I should because, um, you know, I'm kind of in the hole with him. Yeah, yeah, kinda. That's okay. I mean, sometimes you dig holes, sometimes you fill them. He just shrugs. He's like, "Yeah, you get it." So, William, you get a, uh, or rather, your secretary gets a response saying that they will be at your office within a couple of hours. Okay, I shall ask Sophie just to text back to each of them. A two-word response. Earliest, full stop. Convenience, full stop. Which means right fucking now. Sweet. Vince is like, he's way politer than some of the drug dealers I used to work with, you know? He's a really nice guy. (laughs) I mean, sure, he's going to kill me probably, but I mean, he'll be polite about it. That's nice. He won't call me a slur before he, you know, kneecaps me. That's pretty cool. For the record, I'm not going to take like an hour or anything to hence why I threw the baby wipes at Rom to clean up and try and find a suit jacket that I'll throw at him and remind him. We established earlier that you definitely have extra coats and things, so you at least have a uh, coat for him to wear. Okay. How many coats is is Alex going to have given Rom by the end of the the season? Well, he's he's given the previous ones back, so it's fine. Mm. Who who else is going with Alex and Rom and the Lincoln? Vince Not is going to drive obviously. himself. Okay, Vince is going to drive Robin's car. Katarina, who are you going with? I'm going with Marcus. Okay. So Katarina and Marcus in one car, then Vince. Uh, Rom, you get in Alex's Lincoln, and the driver has again locked the side door, so you can't That's get into fine. shotgun. But it, it does fine. smell surprisingly of of urine back here oh yeah I mean I won't know why you don't know why no I'm just gonna like I'm just tapping on the black back glass but like my face is down below the level like below the seat but I'm just like tapping on the driver glass like just yeah Alex you owe your driver big time now yeah I um I'm gonna grab Rom's hand and look him in the face what are you doing? Clean up. It smells like piss in here. That's because there was a scared lady in here. And like Rom's just kind of like looking around their eye skull holes and is just like, <laughs> that makes sense actually. Okay. 
All right. So all three vehicles make their way to the office. You've been here before. You know where to go. Vince, you have to use GPS because you haven't driven yourself here before, but it doesn't take you too long. And so, uh, William, within about 20 minutes of your last message, Sophie pokes her head and says, uh, Monsieur Mallet, uh, they are here. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, send them in. And she ushers in all five of them. Marcus is looking really tired and a bit haggard. Uh, Katerina is dressed fairly well as she was last time, but she has some blood splattered on her on her dress. Alex is looking very uncharacteristically mussed up. Last time you saw them, they were in a full suit, very well put together, but their ascot is missing, the suit is mussed, their hair is not gelled, and they do have some blood splattered on their white shirt. Rom has blood all over his shirt, and the coat is not helping it. He looks wild-eyed and manic, and Vince is the only one who's looking semi-normal at the moment. And so as Sophie ushers the five of you in, you see the same conference room with the table and William sitting at the end in his nice, neat suit with his walking stick leaning up against the table. And then you see the bodyguard standing cross-armed against the wall. And then on William's other side, sitting in a chair against the wall, you see the very, very familiar Nosferatu shape of Prince Velasquez just sitting there watching you. Ah, oh, wonderful. I'm so glad you couldn't make it. I I hope I haven't called at an inconvenient time. Please, do make yourselves comfortable. And uh, Vince is going to remember last time and bow to the prince. <laughs> just, you know, kind of just a... Uh, he doesn't... He realizes he doesn't have to go on his knees. <laughs> but he's gonna just, you know... Just if that, and just, Mr. Malay, thank you very much for the, uh, the services you were able to, to provide. The, uh... Oh, it, it was but a trifle. The least I could do for a good friend. Vince has been called friend by drug dealers before. He knows where this is going. He's like, yep. <laughs> Actually, well, Mr. Markovich, uh, seeing as you've broken the ice, I don't know if you remember, but last time we met... You made an amusing little aside as you left the room. I, in, in particular, I believe you asked your compatriots whether you thought I was implying that you should assassinate the prince. And this got me thinking that the five of you would be just the right people to arrange for the prince's assassination. If that's convenient. There's a low grumble happening in the shadows. What? Yes. You see, I, Prince Velasquez and I have been having a little chat recently. And uh, for one reason or another, it's obvious that their position in San Francisco has become untenable. And we decided that the best solution would be if they were to die in a messy and semi-public manner, uh, in a way that was obviously brought about by our enemies. But, you see, the advantage of having the prince on board with the assassination is that we can control the whole situation, control the narrative, 
and provide, I think, um, an alternative body to be found afterwards, while we spirit the prince away safely, never to be seen again. And this is very much what I would like your help with. I don't want to micromanage the details. I will give you a large degree of latitude on this, but obviously do consult with me if you're going to go off book in a significant way. And I do expect you to consult with the prince at every stage as well. But my general plan would be if the assassination took place in a particularly bloody manner in the prince's theatre in the not-too-distant future, that um, I I will provide some likely culprits... But I think it would be very, it would be best if the entire place burnt to the ground afterwards, just to muddy the waters a little bit. It would be nice if perhaps one of you were around as a survivor to perhaps bear witness to what happened, while some of the others spirit the prince away. Um, And while you're there, just manage the assassination itself and make sure it goes all to plan and no one who isn't supposed to die, does die. Does that all sound reasonable? And Vince is like looking at the prince and back at William and at the prince and back at William and he's like, um, that sounds reasonable. Marvelous. Vince? Alex like flaps in a seat and then (laughs) says, permission to speak freely? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't expect anything less at the moment. Please do. I just want to know where priorities are at this point. Um, We have active Sabat in the city Mm. that, you know, are poisoning kindred. So... I guess my thought would be that would be more important at this juncture. What is ultimately best for San Francisco at the moment is strong leadership. And I I don't want to speak ill of the prince because they have done very well in what is quite a difficult set of circumstances. But I feel that at the moment that a firmer hand on the tiller will help us address a lot of the problems that are going on here at the moment. And that, yes, a a tighter degree of control over some of the chaos will ultimately benefit us all. You don't look satisfied, Alec. And I will just cast my eyes over to the prince and will any requests be honored before your departure oh we've always been a person of our word and they throw a quick glance over towards Marcus before looking back at you Katarina claro understood then I will be very pleased for the agreement we came to, yeah? Indeed. Understood. So, to understand then, uh, Mr. 
Mallet, you are going to take the position then, correct? Oh, no. No, perish the thought. No, I'm simply here as an advisor. I have no interest in ruling a city. I have no interest in being a prince, and my time in San Francisco is not indefinite. I shall stay here for as long as is required to set things back on an even keel. But no, no, I will not be your new prince. Who is on the roster? That is not your concern. Well, I mean, it's never really my concern, but I suppose if you think you uh, have somebody better in mind. Oh, good. I'm so glad I have your approval. Did you need it? Because I don't think you did. Hmm. Very droll. So, what help do you need or what resources do you need in order to make this happen? I don't expect you to come up with a full plan right now, but... I will need you to come to me fairly soon and give me information of information about whatever it is you require in order to make this happen. For me personally, um, if you can get a fresh corpse that looks similar to the prince. The the prince has already arranged for that. We we will procure a suitable Nosferatu to take their place. Okay. Well, I was going to say it'd be easy if it was an actual corpse because then we could reanimate it and then it could be killed or, you know, easily made not alive. But you do understand that this is going to attract a great deal of attention and that people will investigate it in minute detail. And this will include things like examining the ashes left behind by um, the uh, purported prince's corpse. And if these ashes do not respond to magical investigation in such a way that they appear to be the remains of a uh, an old Nosferatu, then our plan risks coming undone. So while I appreciate your initiative, and I think that is the kind of creative thinking that will ensure the success of this plan, it is simply a little misguided. Well, you have more experience with these things. Do we also have a plan for spiriting away the prince? This is the part that I'm leaving up to you. Obviously, the prince will want to give you instructions as to what their final destination is. I think that, on the whole, it is best that I do not know this. If I need to, I can always find out later, but I would much rather leave this entirely in your hands and in the prince's. Okay, so... Basically, are we inviting people to a party and then stuff goes down and the prince dies? Like, are those the kind of witnesses we want? 
I will leave that entirely in your hands if you think you can manage such a thing and make it believable then by all means I will simply warn you that failure is not an option here the reputation of the camarada rests upon this and that if you botch this then well I shan't be amused okay so then if we don't do that then basically we're gonna have one of our word against whoever saying that that we saw this happen I'm just trying to get the specifics get the you know what we're supposed like what the view is supposed to be I mean because if you Hmm. want a rumor and a story spread I got it I got it down well that's a very good start yes Ram is Ram's hand actually up in the background yeah, because you did suggest that you needed uh, you needed rumors spread. I happen to know a few people who know a lot of people who are not good at secrets. Good. I exactly. Uh, if you need, sir, uh, if you need a, a propaganda machine, I am here for you. Marvelous, marvelous. And that does that does remind me. I'm sorry. I, I should probably make this very clear right now. In case there is any doubt, the only people who know of this plan are in this room right at this moment. I have trusted Tiana, my bodyguard, with my life for. Oh, a great deal longer than any of you have been around for. And uh, she has kept far greater secrets than this. Obviously, the prince has a very strong interest in ensuring the truth of this little scheme never comes out. I, myself, in the very soul of discretion... So, if I ever encounter any rumors about this out in the wild, I shall know that it came from one of you. And I shan't worry about the fine detail of which one of you. But there, obviously, will be consequences. But let's not worry about that, because I'm sure you are entirely trustworthy and will not fail me in any way. No, but so basically we're just going to plant the body and maybe some bodies of uh, people that attacked and then we'll spread rumors. Yes, I I shall see whether I can source some suitable patsies and we can arrange to have their bodies left on site. Then, yes, if you manage the fire, maybe... I don't know, find some creative ways of convincing witnesses that they saw more than they did, and of course get the prince away to safety, then I I think that will suffice. Not as complicated as I thought. No, I, I thought this was a very simple and elegant plan, personally. Prince, uh-huh. I, I want to, I, I need to ask. Look, before... 
before before um, that tongue starts wagging. Choose your words carefully before I rip it out of your poetry night throat and beat you into a true death with it. Fair. What? I, what? Oh, please, take all the time you need. What has made your position so unten- untenable? There's a glare that comes across the chair as a uh, button, unbutton the uh, the jacket and kind of just lets it slide over their shoulders and they have that, that Victorian vest on the inside and they will ask you, Ram, have you been present since our first meeting? Have you been present, aware, active in this investigation at all? Don't answer that been... question, Ram. Don't answer that question. For your sake, don't answer that question. Marcus, you've been awfully quiet. Yep. Tienes preguntas? You have questions? No. I've not got a single question. Vince, like, raises a hand, and he's just like, um... Yes, Mr. Markovich. The prince has a... My liege, you have a safe house decided, correct? Claro, yes. Okay. Uh, Is it reached by care? No. Okay. There will be long-distance logistics involved, but... But for our immediate extraction. Indeed. We'll work out those details with Katerina. Yes, and of course, if there are any financial concerns, let me know and I shall make funds available to you. Understood. I... I got us covered. Well, so uh, when do we want this to happen? I think sooner rather than later. So tomorrow night? Well, it depends how quickly you think you can put this together and make sure that it is foolproof. I don't want you to rush into it for the sake of speed and overlook details as a result. If you think you need a few days, you need a few days. These matters require special attention. Okay. I just, I wanted to, uh, make sure where you stood as far as how soon you expected it done. Um, I think taking a few days and getting things just right would be ideal. And if the prince would be so gracious as to have a, let us look over the theater to make sure things are where they need to be. Yeah, I would say a few days or so. I don't know. We'd all have to talk and figure out what we're doing. But I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be, you know, have to be done, you know, the next night or anything. No, uh, as I said, I would much rather that it were done correctly rather than done immediately. Vince raises his hand again. He's like, uh, I have one concern. Mm. We know the Sabbat are uh, planning something for the 7th of November. Uh, the, the night of the blood moon. We have reason to believe that they are planning on something large scale on that day. Using, well, they have a Tremere, and um, he will be dealt with, but he, is, he has plans involving the Blood Moon, which I haven't fathomed yet. Mm. Yeah, mm. I believe this ritual is going to um, all culminate in 
be things. So I'm just, uh, I would rather get the prince out before that time comes so that we can mm. secure your well-being. I don't think we'll have enough time unless we get the prince out and then make the spectacle. I'm sure there's enough people that can keep it quiet that the prince isn't actually there. Do you think, perhaps, that you might be able to use the chaos caused by the Sabbat's attempt as a smokescreen for the assassination? Well, for sure. It will result in, well, quite a few true deaths. Yeah, I guess my uh, concern is that I don't think that we should split the coterie that thin, considering mm. some of the elders that we may or may not run into. Understood, yes. If you think that that will create complications rather than opportunities, then let us not take the risk. On the other hand, if you do perhaps see an opportunity to use the chaos to our advantage, then don't be shy. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely make it seem like an after effect that has been discovered maybe afterwards. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I'm still gathering information on their moves. So uh, I will very much let you know if there is an opportunity. Then, well then, shall we say that the 8th might be a suitable date for the assassination? But if there is genuine chaos in the aftermath of whatever is happening on the 7th that we are still dealing with, then I suppose it can be postponed. But that does seem to provide, as you say, an opportunity. Well, wouldn't it be better for us to spirit away the prince before that? Well, again... I will leave that in your hands. It is entirely a matter of what you can present as plausible. If you think you can spirit away the prince ahead of time, but still make the assassination look realistic, then by all means. My concern is that if the prince is not present at their assassination at all, if they are not seen there immediately beforehand, then that is the kind of thing that does start unfortunate speculation. Well, you did mention that you are getting another Nosferatu. The prince has that in hand, I believe. Very well. I will be consulting with them anyway. Mm-hmm. See, the other Nathratu is in hand, and also I do still have Eli McCarthy here at the theater if you would like to utilize it in any manner that you may see fit. That's one option. Well, then I think uh, we'll keep in contact and uh, we'll make, we'll somehow get this all taken care of. But if you don't mind. It's been a really long week, and mm. I really need to sleep, so pardon me for being an ass tonight. 
Uh, it's absolutely fine. These are trying times for all of us, and I, I think you have been performing very well considering the the pressure that you're under. If I did not believe this, I would not be entrusting you with such an important task. So yes, by all means, please do rest up. Let me know, as I said, whatever you require in terms of resources or material assistance. You're all free to leave, but I would appreciate a a brief word with Mr. Markovich in private. I give the prince one last look and I turn heel and walk out that door. Marcus stalks out without saying anything. I bow to both (laughs) and then I leave without turning my back. Alex will probably uh, very uh, irritated get up and nod to both of them and... uh, walk out, but probably wait outside the door for Vince to make sure he's uh, okay. Not listening in. If I have to stand further away, that's fine. I'll just wait. Maybe loom over the secretary. Katerina? I'm going to wait until everyone's gone, and then I'm going to talk to the prince. Vince is staying to talk to William. Katerina, you were staying to talk to the prince? Correct. Okay. Are you doing those things in the same room or are Katarina and the prince going to a different room? I'd rather they went to a different room. Okay. I, yes, I'll, I'll point you to a, a nice convenient breakout room from the main meeting room where you can have a, a private conversation because clearly I wouldn't want to intrude upon that. So they rise... Uh, they glare to you and they go to any room that's not that room. And of course, I'm walking behind the prince with my head bowed. So, Marcus, are you waiting for Katarina or are you just leaving? That's really tough. I'm leaving. But I'm pulling the fire alarm before I go. Okay. So, as Katarina and, and the prince sit down in another room and Vince just stays where he is looking anxiously at William. The fire alarm goes off. Oh yeah, and that pull station, I probably ripped the fucking thing off the wall. Like, it comes with me. The fire alarm goes off and there is a resounding crack downstairs as Marcus pulls off the entire fire alarm and takes it with him. Oh dear, that'll probably delay our conversation by a good 15 minutes or so. Yes. Well, you can't risk there actually being a fire. You're a vampire. Not at all. Mm-hmm. We're quite flammable. Vince is like, well, shall we uh, wait at the emergency uh, gathering point? <laughs> <sighs> yes, I suppose so. So, uh, Tiana herds you quickly, William, towards the exit. And Sophie follows. She, the, none, neither of them pay any attention to Vince. And you just kind of have to trot along after them. Prince and Katarina, you have to go as well. Yeah, if I hear the fire alarm, I'm just like, I do not have time for this shit, and I'm just gonna leave. Vince will have to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you hear the fire alarm. So, you, the four of you get outside to see Marcus tearing out of the parking lot, and behind him in the Lincoln is Alex and Rom. They're just all leaving you. 
So while the while the four of you are standing around waiting for the fire alarm to finish and the building to be cleared, let's have a look at what the other three are doing. And before we get back to your converse, interrupted conversations. <laughs> so, Marcus, what's your plan? Yeah, I uh, I'm going to take a drive uh, east. There's a bridge I need to cross. So Marcus starts tearing off east towards the bridge. Alex? I'm probably going to take Rom home. I love Rom dearly, but if he doesn't chill the fuck out, I might, you know, separate his head and his body. So I'm going to take him home and uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to try and sleep. And... Hopefully Luther will leave me alone so I can sleep. <laughs> okay. So Marcus, you're taking the Bay Bridge, and uh, are are you taking the going the speed limit, trying to avoid the human cops? Or are you just tearing off? There's not too many people out here. It's about two, three a.m. Yeah, I'm probably not um, really minding the speed limit. <laughs> No, not in this mood. Not at this point. Okay. So you take off across the Bay Bridge. Rom, you get dropped off at home. And Eric and Preethi are still unconscious after what they went through. But, you know, you've got Mike and, and the others there who can usher you into your into your basement. They're like, you look like you need some sleep, Master Rom. Just, just... You've been away a while. It's it's okay. Yeah, I'm already pushing past them, and I am just going down through the stairs to the basement that's fully lit, where all of the equipment is, and I am just moving boxes out of the way, and I am going down into the second sub-basement that is the concrete-lined one, and I am I'm just going down there, and I'm like, you are, you are, you do not know how right you are, and then I just slam the door in their face uh, not aggressive I'm not angry at them uh, actually you hear me say that through the door I'm like I'm not angry at you and I eh, but I just stay in there and I'm just gonna sit in the dark until I can be unconscious and I'm going to meditate in the dark as you attempt to meditate in the dark you just have your sire sitting cross-legged across from you talking about crypto for hours and you find yourself meditating on streams of one and zero ones and zeros I don't I don't give a shit about Dogecoin I don't I just don't and so Alex you get home so you collapse into bed you don't even bother to change out of your suit you are just so fucking tired and you curl up in bed so meanwhile back at the business of one William Mallet. So the San Francisco Fire Department shows up and they are a little confused as to the fact that the uh, fire pole station has been completely removed from the wall. And uh, they come out after about 15 minutes looking perplexed. Well, there's no, no fire, but we're going to have to get a technician out here to fix this because we can't disarm it. We, we can't. 
it's just going to keep doing this all night until we get someone out here to fix it. And it's three o'clock in the morning. We're not going to have a tech out here probably until dawn. That is very tiresome. Is there any way you can simply deactivate it now? Because I think we have ascertained that there is not a fire. We can't. The whole pole station got removed somehow. I don't know how. Yes, but there are always ways, whether that is just simply tripping a circuit breaker somewhere or splicing a couple of wires together. I'm not an electrician, but I'm sure you know someone who can do that just to shut the damnable thing up for the rest of the night. We, we can't. It's against fire code, because if we do that, there's no fire alarm system working in the entire building for hours, and we we can't have that happening. I'm sure you can, Dominate. So you, yeah, you don't even need to do a rouse check for that. Okay, not with five. So uh, you just look this person in the eyes and you order them to short circuit the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. And he just he just looks at you and he blinks. He's yeah, yes, of course, of course. And the other couple of firefighters are looking at them, looking at him, very confused. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad we could come to an accommodation. It takes about half an hour from the time you left the building, but you're finally able to go back into uh, into your office with the large hole in the wall outside. Once we're back in, I will ask uh, Sophie just to check the CCTV and confirm what I'm pretty sure I already know as to who's responsible for that. Uh, Monsieur Voss. Uh, Very good. Uh, Find me his dossier, please. Uh, Particularly... Uh, yes, particularly anything that has to do with his contacts. We miss you. And you can now have your conversations. So, Prince Velasquez and Katerina, you have another small uh, office room that you can meet. There's a, a table, a few chairs, and you can sit and have a chat. The prince sits and just rolls out this hyper-irritated wrist where the fingers just flop out and just... It's almost like they can't even manage to get the words out to, like, tell me what you want because they're so pissed about everything right now. We need to escalate your spiriting away. Por qué? Because if you are here for the blood moon... I am not convinced that most of my coterie will let you live a life. Clara, you can are you having concerns with? I can guess. Though I am curious to know your thoughts. My concerns are Marcus and Alex. See, we agree. So what is it that you suggest, Katerina? Shall I die a day early? Or maybe even two. Well, considering that you already have Nosferatu ready to go, perhaps you should have a backup just in case. 
and they will stay in the opera house and not leave and stay hidden in the shadows. A bloody but quick execution would suffice. And if it is acceptable, at least for the meantime, you should go, in my opinion, to Vera Giovanni. She is in a safe place right now because of you. So I believe she would happily take you in and you would be off this continent. There's a hard beat as they are glaring at you and their eyes soften for a moment before that just predatory look comes back and they ask, Katharina, is this allegiance or do you actually care about us? Like this little sly smile like just very quickly plays across their lips and vanishes it. Why could it not be? Hmm. Very well. And they stand up, which is their standard, I'm finished with this conversation, which means we're finished with this conversation. It appears that we are moving my assassination up or that I will not be present at the time of execution. See? See. It sounds like we'll be in contact very soon, Katharina. Peace. Like at that point, they open the door uh, for you to leave. And at some point they hear like Billy's voice either coming in in the hallway or talking to one of the uh, firefighters. And they just go on this full curse out tangent in Spanish and slams the door. It's just like the sound of his voice is already just like, ah, I hate him. <laughs> Punta de madre and door slams. So Katarina is free to leave. Meanwhile... William and Vince are having a different chat. Mr. Markovich, I'm sorry about all the kerfuffle. I'm glad, though, that we can have a private conversation. I... I'm sorry, you were about to say. No, I just wanted to thank you again for uh, the resources you helped me with. The, uh... Oh, as I said, it's a trifle. Why, well, I, I was sort of hoping you could return the favor. You see, I'm very keen on having the right kind of patsies for the prince's assassination, and I'm not entirely sure that I can trust the rest of your coterie with this. Obviously, you know them better than I do, though I do have fairly comprehensive dossiers on you all. I would appreciate it if you could deal with this discreetly. In particular, Mr. Voss must not know this at all. Vince is like thinking back to watching Marcus fight the Scourge and he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. And he's just like, well, well, okay. Um, as you know, Mr. Voss is, uh, is very capable in certain regards so I wouldn't be able to uh, physically stop him if he got drafted of, of course of course I'm I'm not suggesting for a moment that you engage in any form of physical conflict with him in fact what I'm proposing is primarily about avoiding conflict hence not telling him about this what I would very much like is if we can find a few of the local annex 
whose bodies can be found at the scene of the assassination. Because, well, they have been a bit of a thorn on our side recently, and if we can focus the attention of the Camarilla upon them and re-establish our dominance in the area, all the better. And what better way of focusing the Camarilla's attention than suggesting they might be responsible for assassinating our prince? So I would very much like you and anyone you believe you can absolutely trust to find me, I don't know, say two corpses who can be found at the scene. And Vince just kind of looks at William and he's just like, Mr. Malley, why owe you a great debt? You really did pick very poorly in choosing me for this task. (laughs) Why would that be? Oh, my lack of connections within vampire society. I don't know really anybody. Um, I know my coterie and two dead vampires. But you see, that is exactly why I have chosen you. Because while you may not know people you can call upon here, on the other hand, you haven't been around long enough to develop any unfortunate allegiances. And for that reason, I think you are enough of an innocent that I wouldn't be so foolish as to say I can trust you, but perhaps I mistrust you less than most. As I said, I owe you my life. Indeed. Do you have... He kind of looks down and he's like, do you have particular vampires who've been a pain for the Camarilla in mind? Yes, as you're not aware of anyone, I'm sure uh, Miss Archambault can find someone suitable from the dossiers and perhaps give you a few names of local anarchs who would uh, make uh, promising corpses. This is just like, oh God, (laughs) this is, oh boy, (laughs) this is a real tough one. I can't guarantee success with this task. This is very far outside my wheelhouse, but I can make an effort. If there is someone, if there is someone else within your coterie who you are, who you are absolutely sure you could trust with this, someone who is not Mr. Voss, then by all means do bring them in if you think you need backup. Fram would probably blab to the other Malkavians. Hmm. Alex is too independent. They uh they wouldn't be inclined towards assisting the Camarilla. Yeah, Miss Bogdanovich. Miss Bogdanovich, I uh she might she definitely has the connections to know who is who and most likely they're what way they lean. I um uh, I can ask. Good. I can attempt to broach the topic. He, he just looks at you with real sorry eyes. <laughs> if she proves problematic in that respect, or if it turns out you feel that you've made a mistake in trusting her, let me know. And I can probably salvage the situation. There's, there's just one, one problem that I can't see a solution to, and that's how I'm supposed to. And then he just stops. He's like, You'll take care of the corpses if I pick them, isn't it? 
If you feel that you lack the resources to render them in a useful condition, then I'm sure I can provide material assistance. Again, I just... I'm I'm not a fighter. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I doubt I could take down a fledgling, like a one-year-old. I'm still a neonate myself. I just... I I will try. Oh, will let me know what resources you need, and, and perhaps we can find someone to help you. Though, obviously, it is within all of our interests to keep the details of this little plan, well, any details of this little plan, to as few people as possible. It's just not. He's like, of course. Good. He kind of stops and he's like, you know, you couldn't, based on my understanding, you couldn't really have them, uh, you're probably going to want all of the attackers on the theater to be anarchs. I don't think they work with the Sabbat at all, whereas they will work with the Coterie. Not the Coterie, the, <laughs> with the Camarilla. I just, he's just like, I don't know if that's going to come into play. I don't know what you're planning, sir, but I'll uh, I'll do what I can to... But perhaps if you worry less about the planning and the, the complications, and particularly my motivations, and more about the execution, we'll all be happier. He just kind of looks out the window, looks back and just nods. He's like, okay. Good. I'll focus on, on getting it done. Marvelous. Can I can I go now? Please. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Mallet. And he just slowly, dejectedly is leaving. He's just like, oh boy. So as Vince departs for the night, Marcus, mm. what are you doing with the rest of your evening across the bay? I'm gonna go and stop in and and um, put word in with We'll just say an old friend. (laughs) And I'm going to tell them that I need to speak with them tomorrow night. On the other side of the bay. We have some work to do. If you don't mind, I have one last thing I want to do. Yes, after Mr. Markovich is gone, I was going to have a word with Miss Archambault. And go over uh, Marx's dossier. And what I really want to find out is who in San Francisco he cares most about. Human or vampire? Either. So you know his sire, David Surrey. Oh, yes. He's still in town. Hasn't been seen for a couple days. And Mm -hmm. his office workers uh, at the union office. There's his office manager, Marie. You know, of Greg and Phoebe and a few others who work there. And... He, he still has family from his human days, but he doesn't seem to be in touch with them. Actually, family is, is always good. Yes, I think I shall ask Tiana to drive me to the address of one of these family members. Excellent. And I think that is where we will leave it for this evening. 
So thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Scott and Bridget, for bringing some more drama <laughs> and kerfuffle to this particular bit of business. I hope you all join us next time. So thank you and good night. Mm-hmm.